was a wonderful story in the New Zealand Herald, if you're at nzherald.co.nz, if you don't get the actual physical paper. Uh, the Kaitiakitanga housing community, it was one of three new Salvation Army housing projects to be built in Auckland. Kaitiakitanga has 36 two-bedroom units, um, another 10 single units, all entirely self-contained, but they do have communal facilities when, and lots of outdoor living areas for people to be able to spend time with one another, interact with one another. There's a manager's home, scope for support services, which sounds like the ideal place for people being trapped in motels. And that was opened just recently. Megan Wood, Minister of Housing, was there. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern was there, but the government didn't put in a cent. But we thought it was time for a good news story, even though it's not Friday, and talk about the not-for-profit housing sector trying to fill that hole in New Zealand's housing crisis. And they are indeed having some success. The Kaitiakitanga housing community is just one. The Salvation Army projects were built with a $40 million community bond put together by community finance. Investors get a 2 to 3% return, which isn't, you know, you're not going to buy a luxury yacht with that, but you are going to get a reliable return. And as an important bonus, you get to know your money's doing good in the world. Community finance CEO James Palmer joins me now. Very good morning to you. And very good morning to you as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, congratulations. And the story Simon Wilson did in the Herald is fantastic and highlights just what can happen with a little bit of initiative and go-to. Yeah, and as you say, not a Friday, but it's there's, <laughs> there's a lot of gloom in the stats and when we look around, but it's always really important to celebrate those wins because there's some exciting things happening too. And, you know, for each of these homes built, there is an individual or a whanau whose life is transformed. I mean, I, I've been to other openings where you just have someone in there just crying, never thinking that they were going to have their own place that they can call their own. Which so is so important. Special. It is so yeah. important to the human psyche to have that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at a, a well-being, and we can see, I mean, the housing stats are grim, and, but it's been 30 years in the making. Yeah. But if we look at mental health and all these other atrocious things in the news where we're seeing more and more of a generation struggling, if they have a secure, warm, dry home, they're not being pulled from rental to rental, going to different schools as kids. You know, it's no surprise if you can give stability in someone's life that there are better outcomes. So why, can't, why can you do it and the government can't? Well, this is more a partnership. It's about... It's as, as many have seen, housing is a very complicated thing, particularly for those that can't afford it. And so it's about what is it that government can reasonably do? What is it that the private sector can do? And what is it that these community housing providers can do? And I think the genesis for us creating community finance was a pretty simple premise, which was, you know, there's never been more money in this world. Yeah. You know, look at KiwiSaver, 82 billion and growing. Yeah. Um, there's never been more need. I mean, I, uh, the stats are sobering, but there are some proven solutions. And in this case, government provides the what's called the funding. So for tenants that's at kind order or community housing providers, the government will pay usually around 75% of their rent. So they are in a position to pay 25%, obviously. 
And so you look at that and you go, okay, well, if government's paying the rent, that's actually a pretty good tenant. That's reliable. But these homes cost a lot to build. And traditional forms of philanthropy are wasted. If we're spending $600,000 a million per house, well, our community foundations and trusts are going to run dry and not be very effective. But what we do have as a country is a vast amount of capital, whether it's KiwiSaver providers or those foundations. So instead of them buying bonds in New Zealand or Australia or in the US uh, that achieve a return, similar to what we were offering, but don't necessarily have a positive outcome, mm. what if we could direct that money to get a similar return and build what's desperately needed for those that can't afford to build it themselves? And then the government's paying the rent, and that's how they pay down the debt and service it. So it enables us to build high-quality houses now to meet the need. So it's a simple premise. And for us, partnering with someone like the Salvation Army was really a dream because um, that article, as you said, by Simon Wilson, mm. it, it showed some of those photos as well. I mean, these these are much nicer than the home my family live in, which is a pretty good benchmark, isn't it? <laughs> you know, uh, they've got incredible storage. They are thermally about as efficient as you'd get in any home, They're cheaper to run. There's green space for people to meet. There's a community lounge. So again, we, we're giving people the chance to make this their own, create a community and build um, a life there. So uh, it's just doing what works and doing it on a scale we haven't been doing. Well, That's the solution. Exactly, which makes me wonder, you know, why there hasn't been a funding increase to allow for more of these to happen because you know what you're doing. Um, and yet Megan Wood said we're not subcontracting out our responsibility to build social housing. Why on earth wouldn't you give the money to the people who know what they're doing? Well, I think the answer has to be it's, it's both and it's additionality. So what Kind Order is doing is good, but Kind Order on its own is not going to build the houses we need. I mean, Shamabil Yakub, the economist, who's actually also on the community finance board, He's, he's a wonderful person to know, but also horrible because he gives you the stats that mean you can no longer be ignorant. Yeah. Um, what he's saying quite rightly is what we've announced is not actually meeting all of the current need. No. And so absolutely, you're right. I, I think the answer is we need more of, of it all. But it's also the whole, as I've learned, the whole housing continuum, there's a bit of an issue. So one of the stats that I think we, we need to talk about and understand here is that affordability is is the issue as well as supply of houses. So when we're talking about emergency and transitional housing and the motels, which, yes, are a terrible way to look after people, mm. people go, oh, we're spending a million dollars a day on transitional housing. So, you know, to June last year, it was about $317 million. Public housing is just over a billion, so that's kind order and the community housing providers, so that's that funding most of it going to kind order. But actually on assisted rentals, it's over $2 billion we're spending. And so instead of focusing on the transitional, if you look at the real cost here, um, it's actually key workers now. It's teachers, nurses, police officers. These are people who are working, living in a rental owned by what you know nowadays people call the mum and dad investors mm. who can't even afford to pay that rental. So it's not about them saving for a deposit or getting a first no. home. We're now talking about the fact that our housing system is so broken that every month more informed people are needing some form of government handout. So if you have 100 rental houses representing New Zealand, then the, the, the thing that 
is extraordinary is how many of those households can independently pay their rent versus those getting some form of government subsidy for the rent. Not working for families. This is purely you know, rental assistance. It's only 31 of those 100 now that are paying their rent independently. So we have almost an entire rental market now increasingly beholden to government. So it's in everyone's best interest beyond just the fact we should care. Financially, we can't keep paying more and more in subsidies just to keep things barely ticking over. And more and more people are falling from that assisted rental into that public housing need and social housing waiting list. When it comes to this particular one, this particular community, how do people feel about having a manager within the facility? Are there some who were resistant to the idea of moving in where somebody was looking out for them? Yeah, not from what I've seen. I mean, yeah. obviously, we, we work closely with them and, and have been during site inspections and there. The, I think, I not that I've seen because yeah. the managers that I've met are just extraordinary people. Um, so you often, not always, but often with social housing, you do have people who have who've come down or have been living in pretty extraordinary and atrocious conditions. Yeah. Um, you know, one person I met at the launch of, of another Salvation Army site had spent basically five years couch surfing, being homeless, had had lots of medical issues during that time, had, had suffered abuse. It was just horrid. To have someone there who they know they can rely on and lift them up and, and push them, it's a good thing. So one of the things that really appeals to me about the community housing sector as well is the ratio of tenancy manager um, from Save the Salvation Army to the tenants, and there's just a, a better ratio. So, you know, some people just need a warm, dry, affordable home. Others have complicated needs addiction issues, you name it, to have wraparound support where their issues can be confronted, they can get support and a way out, that's the best investment we mm. could have as a country, right? Yeah, totally. But we don't do enough of that either. No, we don't. So, yeah. So it's, you know, that community lounge with a manager there, I think is an absolute game changer and we should see that everywhere. Um and they keep people in line, yeah, right. uh, which is good. We all need that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So if people want to invest, if people want to help, oh, oh sorry, one more thing. Where did you get the labour yeah. from? I mean, it, I, we keep hearing that there's a labour shortage, that there's um, there's not enough wood, insulation, that the supply chain's been disrupted. Have you got a pool of ready and willing workers who are able to put these um, houses up, or these communities up in the time frame you want? Yes, but it's a complicated answer. Okay. <laughs> so it is yeah. one where, yes, look, there is those shortages. Um, we've got, I mean, one of the issues is, is that there's actually a, a shortage increasingly in the regions as well. And so the answer is a little bit dependent on where you are. I mean, the nice thing is, is that with the right planning and the right uh, team, including getting the right quantity surveyors, a good construction outfit, yes, this works. Um, but there's no doubt, I mean, I just saw for another community housing provider that just gone out for tenders and their budgets increased 15% um, mm. for their you know, construction costs. So there's no doubt it's there. It can be managed if, if, if you do it well. But for some of the areas, what we've had is um, the major urban areas, so many people are just giving up because if 
you increasingly can't afford a, a rental. If you're on a social housing waiting list, but there's no home coming, you go to where your parents came from. Yeah. And so we're seeing townships around the country now, which also had very little investment in housing, that are just skyrocketing in population with no jobs. And so for some of those regions, there just isn't the labour. But that's where you know, we can be clever about the supply chain and go, okay, well, where can we use prefabricated houses and truck them there? And that doesn't have to mean skimping on quality. There's some really good companies that have been going 30 years doing that well. So, um, hey, if it took us 30 years to break the housing market, yeah. if we can all just say, let's partner together and do this in 15 years, then actually that's reasonable. If we think we're going to do it in five years, we're not. And just finally, if people do want to invest, how do they do that? Yeah, so we work as a wholesale investor-only entity, so, um, but we are working closely with some fund manager providers and KiwiSaver providers. And so what we love about working with KiwiSaver providers is that is the pool of everyday Kiwis money right. being invested, getting that win-win. So for the Salvation Army, it was Generate KiwiSaver scheme that actually came in. Uh, and put in over $20 million. So that was a win-win for everyone. And for the Aotearoa Pledge, where we've raised another $71 million so far this year, we've got other KiwiSafe providers like Pathfinder yep. and Simplicity. So a tool from a charity that I actually think is really uh, worth looking at, if, if you've got an interest in where your money's invested, um, is from an outfit called Mindful Money. And you can actually go on there, look at your current KiwiSaver scheme, put in some of those ones I've just listed if you're interested, and you can actually see where they invest. So, Because um, I think all of us should take an active interest in not just uh, for our own retirement, where the money's being invested in the return, but also what industries we shouldn't see with our own money. We get to vote with our money nowadays as the world we want. Um, so if you go on a website like that, you can actually see who's investing still in, in weaponry, and who's out there doing something positive as well. Lovely to talk to you, and well done on the work that you've done thus far. James Palmer, Community Finance Chief Executive, and really, Kaitiakitanga housing community is the prototype that we should all be following, really. For I just think of those poor people stuck in the motels and the cost to the poor taxpayer as well, and think how much better that money would be spent going into more community housing, either along this prototype, more for uh, Kaingawara as well. News talk